everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I am Kate, owner founder of Be There in Five, and a fairly novice podcaster that I'm not going to lie. Every once in a while, I just feel straight up uninspired by what's going on in the world or the things I want to talk about. Like there's some weeks that I could go for three hours. And this week, it's Wednesday now. Usually I try to record on Monday or Tuesday. And uh, yeah, I, I, I was, you know, it's like, what else can I say about Ariana Grande and Pete? Uh, Carly Kloss is engaged under curious circumstances. I, I, Meghan Markle hasn't, you know, worn a boat neck in a whole week. So what am I going to do? But alas, I can always count on you guys because I posted to Instagram and the Facebook group asking what you wanted to hear about this week. And, and it's, uh, what's it called? Dealer's choice? Buyer's choice? Nope, those are the people that make the Christmas carolers. Um, <laughs> listener's choice? There's got to be a cuter word for this, no? Anyway, you named it. I'll discuss it. You can have whatever you like. See what I did there? This is, this is groundbreaking journalism. Um, you know, I actually, I really like that song. I really do. In the grand scheme of, you know, lyrics about women, it's not a horrible message to just be like, you know what? You can have whatever you'd like. And I'd be like, thank you. Granted, I don't want any of the stuff he lists on this song. Well, except for Patron on Ice. Well, maybe. I would need a mixer. It doesn't specify. Stacks on deck, Patron on Ice. He's got a jet gassed up. That might be a euphemism. Take that back. Um, he has, uh, what's it called? Rims and a pocket kit. He has, uh... Bentley's $5 million homes, vacation in the tropics. I mean, these things sound fine, but like honest question, is being a gold digger a thing anymore? I almost feel like there's this uh, conventional wisdom, this cultural lore of women being, uh, or, or a certain subset of women that have the ability to be incredibly vapid, have no real convictions, no feelings, but are, are able to pull off a lifelong con just to have money status, wealth, a certain lifestyle, whatever, despite not being in love. It's an interesting concept, and I'm sure these people exist, but like, do you guys actually know anybody who's a legitimate gold digger, who is willing to forego love in life just to, I don't know. And then like, here's the thing. There's a difference between upper middle class rich people and wealth, serious wealth, you know? So I remember when I worked at the golf course, I was a cart girl for several summers. Money's great. Hindsight, kind of a weird gig. It's not as pervy as everyone thinks it is, but the tips are excessive for me, handing someone a can of beer I didn't even open. And I'd kind of just like post up, you know, in the back nine, turn my cart off, kick my feet up and eat the weird half sandwiches in my cooler that were a little soggy because some of the ice got in. I uh, I didn't really understand golf either, and I had this really old golf cart that backfired, so it sounded like a gunshot every time I hit the gas. And, uh, you know, wasn't always privy to who was mid-backswing. I think I threw off a few few golf games in my day. By the, by the second and third summer, I was a little more sensitive to the time I would drive by, but the first summer I was just whizzing around the front and back nine like figure eights, you know, drag racing Fast and the Furious country club edition and uh i'm sure people were like what is her problem the good news is you know they had us wearing these uh, olive polos very boxy thick polos 
and almost knee-length Bermuda shorts, which I don't know why they're called that now that I'm thinking about it, because I've been following the hashtag Revolve Summer, and uh, nobody's wearing knee-length shorts, and they're in Bermuda. It would honestly be a blessing if there was one less person there in a, in a lace-trimmed floral romper. I guess that's beside the point. So I guess it's not related to the country of Bermuda, but I guess we still have the triangle, so. <laughs> Much like those ships that get lost in the Bermuda Triangle, maybe when you put on Bermuda shorts, your, your general attractiveness disappears under mysterious circumstances. <laughs> Just like the ships. <sighs> I hate Bermuda shorts. Anyway, it wasn't creepy in nature. Or maybe it, I, I didn't look cute enough for it to be creepy. And I'm being completely serious. It just it, it was a very, um, you know, it was, it was a homely vibe on purpose. And I knew a lot of the people there and it, it was normally completely fine. And they were like mostly my friends, dads and my dentist went there. It wasn't anything weird. Why, why am I talking about that? The golf course. Oh, oh, gold, if gold diggers still think. Yeah. So I feel like. Among the, the the wait staff and other cart girls, we'd see women, like a certain type of woman at the country club. And everyone would always call them gold diggers, like if they didn't have jobs and their husband was wealthy. But it's not like in Richmond, Virginia, we have a bunch of oil tycoons, a bunch of heads of industry. You know, if your husband pulls in a quarter mil salary, that's awesome. You, can, you go to a country club, it's great. You're not a gold digger. He just, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I think that ter term is like thrown around too loosely because for you to true, I have to imagine the trade-off for not actually loving somebody would have to be, your lifestyle would just have to be so immensely impacted by all the opulence that you could just kind of like float and cruise and be in a constant champagne buzz and not really worry about the lack of love. Anyway, my, my point was, I think people overuse the term. I don't think the that's, there's that many like sociopaths that just do not care about love, period. Sure, there's a little combination of both. And I feel like we can't use the term unless there's like a private plane yacht situation. Otherwise, you're just dating like a, a pretty rich dude that probably doesn't have the kind of money to give you the life that's worth foregoing love. That's what's happening to Ashley on Southern Charm. I think she thought Thomas had more money than he does, and he's a little cheap. And like, yeah, he's buying her like dresses and stuff, but it's, it's going to run out. Slash he's going to pay all of it in legal bills because he's a predator. But actually, Ashley is why I started thinking about this the other week. Because I'm like, it's just so not cool anymore to be a kept woman, to be a person after someone for their money. Like, I've said before, like, millennial currency is more about relatability. And I would also say that that's true for a person that has a story and a struggle and is independent and fought for what they have. Like, that is what gets people's respect. And I, back in the day, I think it maybe used to fly to be the wife of a wealthy man, to be, you know, have family money, to just be like baseline wealthy and then assume people will respect you and you can speak condescendingly to people. But now I just think that the, our values are shifting and we're not impressed if your husband's rich. We're not impressed if you have nice things. We're impressed if you've earned them. And I just think that's an, like, um, psychological shift in the in this the psyche of the current zeitgeist if you will and and i need to find data on this because this is kind of more my assumption but we're just in a, in a girl boss era where i think independence is heralded and uh using and coming up off other people isn't something that we 
applaud. And if you're the type of person who's a gold digger that wants to appear to have nice things, I assume you're a type of person that also cares what people think about you. Therefore, this might not be your best bet because no one's going to care. You know, like, cool, have a super old husband and get to fly private. I, I can make like, you know, a medium amount of money and afford to get in the United Club, the Delta Sky Club. They have free cheese cubes, so suck it. And along those lines, per Revolve Summer. So Revolve is, it's the online retailer. And they have these huge festivals and I want to say quarterly trips where they take a group of influencers. They splash out. It's like five-star accommodations. They get all these clothes, all this swag. It's like, it's probably one of like the premier things you could be invited to if you're like a fashion influencer or a model or something. And they have a mixture of celebrities and uh, influencers. Um, and it's just, and I talked about it on Instagram and I'm not going to bear, what's it called? Beat a dead horse. Uh, it's just, it's their entire strategy is based on fear of missing out on making people feel left out. Their entire brand hinges on exclusivity. And it's this whole thing where it's this, you know, four times a year, it's this party that everyone feels so badly about not being there, but they were never invited and they don't know anybody there and they wouldn't ever be there under any terms and it doesn't matter. But because our feed is flooded with these over-filtered, over-tuned photos of 90-pound girls giggling uncandidly because the way you can tell a photo's not candid is if everyone's laughing and they're looking at different people. If you're actually talking and laughing, you're all going to be looking at the person speaking. If you, ladies, bridesmaids, anyone out there who wants to pull off a perfect candid laughing photo, have one girl talk, give her like a joke to tell, and then all of you naturally laugh while you look at her. I like my chickpea joke. Um, you know, what did the chickpea say when it was sick? I feel awful. I feel awful. Uh, you know, stuff like that just makes people like laugh because it's so dumb. So... I suggest any human being have an immediate bad joke at their disposal because you never know when you're going to be in an icebreaker type situation. But just just a pro tip. Um, anyway, it's just it's this weird thing where it's I I don't know why I've never really cared, and I'm not I'm not trying to be an influencer. I want to sell my stuff, not other people's. Like I'm trying to be more of a a content creator in uh, different capacities, and one of one of which one one revenue stream of that is of course uh, ad revenue. But the modeling is kind of a different story where, I don't know, it's, just, it's, it's wild to watch, like look at these photos and to watch this world people live in and the, you know, just those two top crop top abs that have to be so toned to pull off literally anything they're wearing. And there's so much like provocative boho clothing, which I don't know, those are kind of opposing ideologies maybe provocative is the wrong word but it's like really low cut or showing a little bit of butt cheek or just you know a lot of skin paired with like a general you know floral or fringe or um macrame and it's so it's it's this like a special earthy brand of, of sexy that makes me not know if i you know should wear it to a nightclub, to bed, to a protest in the 70s. It, they're clothes I just don't know how to wear in my regular life, so I'm not gawking to buy the clothes because they only fit you if you're 90 pounds. 
it's just a very confusing experience to be a consumer. And I'm not hating for the sake of hating. It's very easy to hate influencers, bloggers, whatever. I stand here as a critic, as a, a, an observer of modern culture. And looking at the engagement to this revolved summer, I do not feel like it, it is what it once was. And I do feel like it's shifting because much like the true bohemians, the true hippies, the true free spirit new age thinker beatnik type people that are often you know people at these revolve parties are often dressed as unlike them these women don't appear to have much thought put out there much value put out there and what's crazy is that i think we often their the rise to fame is indic is based on their personalities and they get to a certain point, they close off of it, they just sell stuff, and they get too big and become mini celebrities and kind of like totally lose touch with their following. And the problem is, then you're really just appealing to two audiences, the creeps that want to see in a two-piece and the people that just want to buy stuff. Less and less people just want to buy stuff. Like, tastemakers are important in a sense, but is being just so pushed far, so far down our throats at high price point items but I'd, I'd, I just, I'm, I'd be curious to see the data of, of how, the, what direction uh, that sort of affiliate marketing is going in because there's a gap that needs to be filled. And that gap is personality. That gap is your voice. And there's just a quippy caption about, you know, dancing in the moonlight or blue jean baby or I wish this were tacos or like, you know, oh, wouldn't mind getting lost in the Bermuda Triangle at this point. And it's like, I get it. It's cute. It's quippy. You look sexy in the photo. There's great lighting. It's hard. For, you, you're a master. I cannot tell if those cotton candy skies were truly that bright in real life and me, a peasant, is just having a dull sky or if that was heavily edited. I don't know. That's, that's the, that, that is skill. That is talent. That is a hustle I respect. But the, I just don't think we're in an era where it's time to mute your voice, where it's time to only show your body where it's time to just be a, a empty shell of something that represents something without any opinion whatsoever. Not like I talk about politics and stuff, but that's more so because I'm just not your authority. I, I, that's not where my natural interest lies, and it's not where I think that my voice belongs in the world. But I guess if you listen to this every week, you, you know I have one. I have a couple opinions. Um, and I just, I want to hear theirs too. And I just feel like something is lost in uh, this blogging influencer world. And I just, I don't know. I, I wish we get back to basics, back to where they started. I wish uh, some of these big bloggers that are just, I don't know. I wish they reintroduced themselves and start at square one and pair high and low items and connect with their readers and just understand that there, there, there will come a day when there's so much clutter in the influencer space that if you're not giving me a specific unique reason to follow you, I'm out. And you know what the only thing you have that's uniquely you is your personality, your taste, your creativity, your talent. And to a degree that can be shown through, through shoots, through fashion, whatever. But also I, I like I said earlier with the gold diggers, it's like, I think we're a, a generation that really values more and needs more and craves more. And I do love your two upper abs and they're so toned and so tan and you look so great. And I support women being open and free with their sexuality. It's not that I want you clothed. It's that I, I want thoughts and fashion. I want curated shoots and an opinion. I, 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 I want, I just, I, I need more. I need more. I need more. Is that, is that, a, is that bad? I, I don't know. I just need more. And that's what I'm calling for. 
from influencers. So, uh, I mean, don't get it twisted. If I find myself on a boat, I'm taking ample photos. You know, what's so funny is that actually it's pretty common for Chicago bloggers to give like their list of, you know, shy town recommendations in the summer. And so often I, I go to those because I want to know what the cool kids do. And I, I want to know where to take out of town guests. And one of these recommend one of the recommendations is always like go to the playpen. The playpen is like this small roped off area where boats park and then people like drink on the boats. And it's a bunch of like young, hot people that like, you know, go on each other's boats. Um but in Chicago, it's like kind of exclusive, and there's it's just like a funny activity to recommend to somebody because there's a very high barrier to entry, and that you at least need a boat. A baseline, you need a friend with a boat, which is pretty unlikely, and at least, I don't know, my age group at my pay, pay grade, but, you know, my hopes are high. I, I, I'm not one for gold digging, but I'm cool with some light, you know, friend gold digging. I'm not going to marry him. And it's not that I don't like them. Just like Anna Delvey, that girl that was like her quote unquote best friend or the one that went to Morocco that worked for Vanity Fair and ended up like, you know, putting $80 on her, $80,000 on her corporate card because she didn't pay the hotel bill. She was like, she was nice. She needed a friend. She paid for stuff. It was kind of whatever. Like, it's not, not like I didn't like her. Or I was using her. But if someone's constantly paying for someone and swearing money's no object, I'd listen. I don't want to use somebody, and I'm not dead inside, but uh, hell, I love, a, I love a fun excursion that's fully paid. I'd go. So, you know, I couldn't sleep with somebody just because they were rich, but I could crush some mimosas with somebody on a, on a boat, you know? This, if I ever fell into money, the first thing I would do would be, like, take everybody out on a yacht or to a huge house somewhere. Anybody who I've ever loved knew something for me, and... How, what a joy to give people money and not have to wor them worry about it. Though the irony is, is that people then feel weird and indebted to you and it creates weird dynamics that I know I'm oversimplifying. Um, but speaking of, I actually just saw this really interesting um, article, I think it was on Reddit, that describes to you in detail what you need to do if you ever win the lottery and given that the Mega Millions is like in the half, isn't it a half a billion right now? I mean, A, tell no one unless you have to in a state that's uh, it's all publicly disclosed. But it's so detailed. It's like, okay, you need to hire security immediately. You put it in this, this type of accounts. You need to wait three and a half weeks till you tell people. You, then you send them in writing an explanation of I'm giving you this amount of money. It is a finite amount. I suggest you invest it. You put it here, 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 and here. I am not giving people money. I am not buying people dinners. I am not going to be, you're not going to be on my payroll. This is what I am offering. Do not ask or bother me about this again. Protect yourself. I mean, it's like the craziest detailed thing, but it's really helpful. And this will never happen to me. But, uh, you know, you can bet I, uh, I, I, I'll uh, deal it out to my Patreon peeps. You spend a dollar on me, you can believe you'll, you'll see some stacks on decks. Patron on ice. Pop bottles all night. You know what? I would be your T.I. <laughs> that, what a dream. You know, this whole time I was thinking, why is T.I. assuming that this person you know, once Bentleys, when they just might want to splash out for the surf and turf at a nice Benihana restaurant and go to sleep in a plush bedding situation and, you know, wake up and have breakfast poolside. It's luxury, but it's accessible. I don't need, like, lots of cars. I don't, that just, that's not interesting to me. But it, putting myself in the shoes of T.I., you know, I'd want people to have whatever they like, so I really get it. Um... I was talking about the country club, the golf course. I don't, I don't know. 
I guess I just feel bad because we would always be like, uh, what a gold digger at the country club, and they weren't. And the real problem was the guys playing golf. It made me so sad because, okay, I, I, to- I, I support golf. I actually think it's a great hobby for men to have, and it's a great outlet, and it's a great break to, to you know, from work and to decompress, uh, you know, one day a week or, you know, hit some balls after work. But these same guys would be there all day Saturday, all day Sunday, 18 holes each day. And they were in their 40s. Like, they had young kids. I'd see, I'd see their kids at the pool. And I, it just, it, was, it bothered me. I, I felt like they were avoiding their life. And they would just crush beers on the golf course. And I was like, you have two days off a week and you're not with your family, at least one of them? If I was your wife, that would make me so sad. Because I get needing to decompress from work. But if you need to decompress from me, if, if your spare hours are so few and far between, and I'm not at the top of that list... I would not be happy. But perhaps I'm a time digger, you know? Perhaps I'm a bit high maintenance. I just, uh, that was that was a big turnoff to me. I learned a lot about life at the country club, just observing how different people's dynamics, marriages, the way they spent money, the way they bragged about money, the way they tipped. It's just like, I don't know. It's so interesting what people think makes them someone or, or makes them interesting. And I'm just like, you know, trying to make a buck so I can take my fake ID to the Sharkies and get a double vodka soda where I then go back to the bar and ask for a splash of cranberry because it's disgusting. And by splash, I mean an entire cup of cranberry so I can chase this god-awful drink that all my calorie-conscious friends are telling me I should have. Good times. Um, but yeah, I, I guess like, oh, I don't know. The term gold digger is misogynistic in nature, and I don't really love it. And I feel like it, for every woman who is, you know, just using somebody for their money, there's a man who's okay with it. So we need to, like, even the playing field. And I don't know what the term... Was well, the term sugar daddy... But that's, like, cute. Like, that's something I want to, like, you know, buy at Dylan's candy bar. I uh, I need something, like, a little harsher because Gold Digger has a negative connotation, you know? But that isn't, um, like, sugar da- or, like, sugar baby or something.com. I've seen the billboards. That's where you go if you want to just be, like, a girlfriend of a rich man, which I'd assume that's mostly. If you're just kind of... I'd, I'd imagine there's a lot of people that would dabble in that who are under the age of 25 who aren't, you know, soulless people, but then kind of snap out of it because at 25 is when you're kind of like, what is life? What is love? What am I doing in the world? What, what are my hopes and dreams? Why is every, why does everything I know to be true suddenly false? And, you know, you probably be like, yeah, this is not what I want. There, you know, every, I would hope that by everyone's return to Saturn, so to speak, they, uh, have come around that a sugar daddy is just not, not the way to go. There's somebody who will make you better, and things don't make you better if that's the only thing that the person's providing you. I was talking about this with a friend recently. I first became privy to the term return to Saturn because of a Katy Perry song called By the Grace of God, which I was interested in because after watching Katy Perry Part of Me 3D and seeing her breakdown when Russell Brand wanted to divorce her when she was helplessly lying on that cosmetology chair during her California Girls era, with the, like the 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 candy bikinis and all the whipped cream, that I mean it was Pete Katy Perry, which you know Russell Brand should be so lucky. But anyway, she has this beautiful song called "By the Grace of God." It's very intense, and one of the lines it's the, the song starts with was twenty seven surviving my return to Saturn. But basically, if if you're not sure what this is, it's kind of interesting. It's the astrological phenomenon thought to occur when the planet Saturn returns to the same point in the sky it was when you were born. 
And this, the return signifies a person's transition into their new stage of life. So most people experience two returns between the ages of 28 and 31, and then between 56 and 60. And, you know, God willing, you may reach a third of like 84 to 90. And I guess, I mean, what's hard about this is that when something that's a little bit, you know, out there or different or a little less, a little more difficult to prove in a tangible manner, when it aligns with something that's fairly intuitive, intuitive or logical, it's almost still easy to dismiss because, uh, you know, you think about like a quarter and midlife crisis, you know, I guess that would be assuming like more of a hundred year, year lifespan, which is not accurate, but you know, the 25, 50 quarter and mid, you know, that's something that's like a pretty, you know, conventional wisdom, but you start putting it in terms of return to Saturn. People are going to be like, what, like, what are you talking about? What you, and then, you know, people kind of write you off for believing in Zodiac stuff, or at least where I'm from. I, I get, I get that, but it's also like literally is the time you're entering adulthood in this physical world. So does that have to do with the planets? I don't know. But I think this stuff is really interesting to read about, namely because I wrote off astrology my entire life because I'm a Virgo and I don't identify with what I'm told about Virgos. But whether it's like true or accurate or not, I'm okay with anything that uh, helps to provide an explanation or a deeper understanding of oneself that promotes self-awareness, self-actualization, that promotes healing. I think you feel a little less alone if you can type yourself into a personality type, into some sort of framework, or just, I don't know, feel connected to something so you're not like, am I the only one that feels this way? Am I crazy? Because you're not crazy. There's a lot of people just like you, and I think this helps, especially if you struggle to open up a bit or to really think through why the way you behave the way you behave. I like stuff like this. I don't think it's harmful. And it's kind of similar to, you know, whether you believe in mediums, intuitive psychics or not, whether or not those people are convinced or not they talk to mediums and whether or not that's true, if, if they're able to give people closure, if they're able to help people heal, if from situations with individuals they no longer have access to on this earthly plane, is it really such a crime? Yes, it's a crime to profit off. Yes, it's a crime to actively mislead people. But, you know, you just don't... I just have a hard time believing, like, every medium ever is completely lying. Especially, ugh, I don't know. I've been watching a lot of Seatbelt Psychic on Lifetime, and this guy's good. He it's a rideshare concept, so he picks up people in, like, Uber or Lyft, and he's like, hey, sup, I'm a medium. Your G-Ma's here. And they're like, huh? And then he's, he says, like, the most accurate information. And whenever Greg's, like, on TV, like, you know he has an earpiece. They, they've vetted these people. They've signed, you know, release, like, you know, camera releases or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. I think they were just picked up. But, well, I, you know, then you find out Cash Cab isn't real, and it just breaks your heart, you know? Ignorance is bliss. Anyways, again, what was my point? Talking about astrology, returning to Saturn. Oh, yeah, just when I was younger, it was my instinct to just reject anything that didn't make sense to me that was outside of my normal realm of thinking, anything that scared me. Um, but the older I get and the more I realize I know nothing and the more life surprises me, I'm just like, who cares? Believe what you want. Whatever gives you a higher quality of life, um, I support as long as you're not harming other people. And as long as you're not like, you know, not vaccinating your kids like Kristen Cavallari. I really want to like Barry Cavallari. Ugh, and I do. I actually think I actually think the show has potential because Jay Cutler's the best part. Not saying I like him as a person, not saying I want that marital dynamic, but he is he is the breakout star. His lack of interest is so interesting. 
that I, I find myself fast forwarding to only the Jay Cutler parts. And because my husband's a football fan, he'll watch it too. Because apparently he's just known as like giving zero Fs all the time and it drives people crazy, but it's also like a little bit funny. Um, it, it's, it's, but also like Kristen, I feel like if anyone, I don't know her at all, but based off of how she was a, on Laguna Beach, you know, kind of lacking feelings to a degree, she might be the right gal for him. Everyone else would take it too personally. I know I would. So I'm sorry if I just repelled any anti-vaxxers, but I try to stay neutral, but there's some things I just, you know, can't get on board with. People don't get those diseases anymore because they're vaccinated. Craig on Southern Charm wouldn't get a flu shot so he could go see Cam's baby because he heard of a girl walking backwards after getting a shot. Look at data. We need to look at data, 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 data. The, the, ugh, God, I can't get into it. Um, uh, truly, that was the most Craig thing Craig's ever said. Oh, I don't know. There's this girl who walked backwards after she got a flu shot, so I don't want to meet Cam's baby. I'm just going to sit here and sew pillows with no inserts. Is that a good impression? Um... And yeah, when Cam went to visit him and he was like, is your baby awesome? Like, what? Is that such a weird question to ask about a baby? Like, I guess. Sleeps? Eats? I don't know. It's bald? It's cute? Smells nice? Like, I guess it's awesome? Is that, I just have never been like, your baby's awesome. Every time I hear that word, though, I was a cheerleader for one year. I just want to think A-W-E-S-O-M-E. Awesome as can be. Woo! Awesome totally. Woo! God, cheerleading. Really weird. Little, little, little antiquated. Uh, would you just be standing there in like a short skirt on a sideline watching men play sports and being like, let's get a little bit rowdy. R-O-W-A-D-Y. Like what? What does that mean? What is it doing? That's hilarious. I support competitive cheerleading is hard. My God. I, I can't imagine like the flying and, the, and the, the stunts and the, you know, what's it called when people do back handsprings and stuff? It's not gymnastics, but in cheerleading, it's called something else. Oh, it's called tumbling. Uh, likely after the tumble setting on a dryer because you're moving around in circles similarly. I don't know. What was I saying? Gosh, this, I haven't gotten to any questions yet. This is so bad. All I was saying is that maybe I've been watching too much Ancient Aliens. I, I don't know. Again, I'm not a flat earther. I'm just a seeker of information. And the more you learn that astrology was the foundation of so many ancient faiths from the, the Romans, the Greeks, the Babylonians, the Egyptians, the Mayans, the Aztecs, uh, all these people have their uh, religious frameworks, gods, uh, stories to teach people how to behave, their, their, their commandments, if you will. All of these things are grounded in the seasons and the Earth's position to the sun and serving as explanations for weather and for crops dying and flourishing and dying again and, and to understand the Earth's seasons and cycles. And because there was nothing else, how they all they had to pay attention to was what they could observe. And I just don't the more I thought about it, I'm like, maybe the moon and stars and skies and planets aren't so contradictory to religion as I was brought up to believe that these things were completely separate. You can look at it that way. You can look at it as we all are on an earth and are surrounded by planets and are orbiting the sun and all of these things impact our world and our day-to-day -day life in ways we can't even understand. And just like people thousands of years ago sought explanations, as do we. So wherever you seek those explanations, again, as long as you're not hurting somebody else, as long as you're not casting spells on me, I, uh, I support you and I think it's interesting to look into. That's all. I just looked at how to calculate my return to Saturn 
it was like a 14 page article where I have to do this complicated birth chart and then correspond it to a PDF and do some sort of calculations. And while I do skew more TI-83 than TI, who opened this podcast, I do not feel like doing this. TI, God, do you remember those calculator tricks when you were a kid? It was like, uh, <laughs> if it said like it would create the word boobless. <laughs> it was like there once was a lady with so many boobs that was too, too, too many. And she went to 51st Street to see Dr. X eight times and she came out. And then it was like five, five, three, seven. Wait, yeah, five, 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 three, seven, eight, oh, oh, eight. And if you turn the calculator upside down, it was boobless. Like, what? What was the point of that? And then, like, there once was a girl who uh, was 16 years old who liked to 69, and then she had three boyfriends. And what did that make her? And then it would be like three, five, oh, oh, seven, and upside down, it was loose. Like, seriously? So rude. Uh, kids are pervs. Like, why? Who? Who is spreading this information? Who? Who taught every child in America that if you draw three sticks on top of three other sticks and connect the far left stick to the bottom middle stick and the middle top stick to the bottom right stick and put two, you know, V shapes at the top, that it makes this super sick S shape you'll use for eternity? Like, why do we all know the same stuff? Isn't it, you know? Isn't that interesting? Without like social media and smartphones, like how did this information spread? Okay, I'm going to start answering questions. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm going to alternate between Facebook and Instagram because there are different questions. Like people in my Facebook group ask more specific questions and I know who they are. And on Instagram, they're kind of like more random. Like it's interesting. Um, so I'll skip around a bit. If you want to join the coolest, you know, club on the internet, more exclusive than Revolve Summer, uh, look up Be There in Fives totally casual, breezy Facebook group. Um, and then you have to answer a question. And depending on if you, you know, answer the question properly, I'll, I'll let you in. There's a bunch of people pending, but you never answered if you listen to this and you'll never hear this if you didn't get in because you don't listen to the podcast and I'm not going to let you lurk. I'll also put a link in the show notes. Um, the, the first question is from Facebook and it's from somebody I know in my group who uh, uh, just said the only thing they want to know more about is Greg, which is my husband's name. And this is my friend. I think... You know, as a bit of an inside joke, she likes to um, just comment incessantly on my various social media posts uh, that, you know, she wants to hear more, learn more, see more of my husband because she thinks he looks like a 1940s milkman, which, you know, everyone's got their thing. If that's hers, great. I find my husband very handsome as well. Uh, but if you want to know more about him, you're going to have to ask me more pointed questions. You simply say, Greg, and I, I don't know how to answer that. So I'm very sorry to that person who, will, who shall remain nameless. <laughs> <laughs> it was borderline trolling me, but I love you for it. it. Keeps me humble. Since that question wasn't real, I'll stay on Facebook. Bachelorette and favorite couples theories. Okay, um, I off the top of my head, I just saw that Des and Chris are on celebrity. What's it like celebrity rehab? Some like what I forgot what that show's called. Every bachelor couple does it, including Sean and Catherine. And Des in, in the trailer admits that um, she settled for Chris, which is so sad because he's so nice. But Des was so like obviously in love with Brooks back in the day. And at least she's admitting it finally. They're totally off the radar. Sean and Catherine, cute. But I think upon watching Wife Swap with uh, Molly and Jason Mesnick, it is clear Sean is very controlling. And I could tell Molly was like, dude, you, you give her lists. You make her do all this stuff like pump the brakes. 
it made me a little sad. It made me feel like Catherine's free spirit and personality was a bit eclipsed by um, Sean's uh, more traditional family style and marriage structure. Uh, Tristan Ryan, cute as a button, a little over him. It's been 20 years. Do they need to come back all the time? Um, JoJo and Jordan, I honestly, no one's more surprised than me. I thought that was such a, a fame play on his part at the time. I just thought he wanted to be a sportscaster and get, you know, in the Jesse Palmer circuit. But, you know, they're still together and they seem happy and she's a babe. And even though I think her ads are the most annoying of anyone's and they're not organic and they're not well done, and she doesn't seem to lose many followers. So who am I to say that's a bad strategy? She, uh, I think they're really gunning for a home reno show to be like a Chip and JoJo, which helps because her name is JoJo. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, who else is still together? Rachel and Lindsay and Brian. I was, I really was skeptical of Brian, but again, they seem to be really in love. So I just think my radar is totally off. I, I, it's so hard for me to believe that anybody is genuine on the show, but people like Brian, he like owned his own business. He was good looking and polished and his mom, he was like, Oh, really way too close with his mom. I just thought he was like red flags.com backslash warning signs, but I don't know. I, they, they seem happy. My favorite bachelor of all time is Ben Higgins. I think he's really a nice guy. He's, and if you think otherwise, please tell me. And yes, his almost famous podcast has made me question his intentions. And he was clearly like something was weird on um, winter games with him. And he just started crying. And apparently he was in another relationship that whole time. And maybe he felt bad about it. Um, but yeah, Lauren B just definitely wanted the, the Instagram influencer fame life. She is very skinny and she does yoga with goats on her Instagram. And I'm, I'm, I'm one more crop top photo caption about tacos away from unfollowing her. You know, I kind of stand the, the, you know, second and third degree bachelor star romances like Deanna Pappas is married to Michael Stagliano's brother twin brother and remember michael sagliano was at a bachelor pad he was in a relationship with that girl named holly who then got with like kind of behind his back or soon after they dated that dentist from south carolina named blake and holly and blake are still together which is really interesting um there was a girl named peyton and uh chris that got together that i think are still together yeah, like there's the Bachelor in Paradise couples, which are fine. You're, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, Jade and Tanner. You, you guys know how I felt about that house tour. It was like the Captain Obvious tour. We really like an open concept. We really like high ceilings. Who doesn't? Though I said that on my Instagram and my brother um, quickly was like, no, people want a choppy floor plan. People with kids appreciate a choppy floor plan because it divides up rooms and provides for a little bit more space and organization in the house. And I guess I get that. But when people are on House Hunters and they're like, you know, I am really unique and special and interesting and really understand real estate. And therefore, I need hardwood floors and I need ceilings. I'm like, Nadoi, I yes. I uh, do you, Have you ever seen somebody go in and be like, score, water wall carpet, live for that Berber life? No, no one cares. Like. Everyone wants the same stuff and everyone harps on paint color and everybody obsesses about things that are just objectively, aesthetically appealing, like high ceilings. So I get frustrated when people talk to me on YouTube video form as if they're, you know, some sort of real estate expert when they're just stating the obvious, you know? 
So if you're a person that really is seeking wood pan paneling and wall-to-wall -wall carpeting and a choppy floor plan with low ceilings, reach out because I'd be interested to know more about you. Uh, is that all for... Oh my God, Sean and Caitlin. Sean and Caitlin. Caitlin Bristow is my favorite bachelor. I really like her. And I know people have mixed thoughts, but I think she was treated with an obscene amount of sexism and an obscene double standard. And for the what the producers did to her to how they represented her sleeping with Nick was so messed up and I think she is cute and strong and sweet and I like her and Sean together my impression is that Sean is trying to really get his business off the ground and make a name for himself um before they get married my I, at first I was thinking they were already married because I cannot understand that green card situation when you're like a vague influencer don't you need an employer to sponsor a work visa the whole thing's really confusing. So I was kind of thinking maybe they were City Hall married and that's why they weren't in a hurry to get real married. And I mean, just in general, the fact that so many more bachelorettes have stayed together than bachelors just goes to show why women are awesome. We actually care about people and we actually have right reasons. And I think that all the bachelorettes like have a genuine agenda and all the bachelors just want to like, you know, do a bunch of vague heavy petting in a hot tub. It is not visible by cameras above sea level. Anywho, next question from Instagram. One second. I really enjoy your rants on random topics. It's weird. Like, what am I going to read out loud to you a compliment? It's like Kate K from Chicago says, even though I can only hear your voice, you sound like so pretty and cool. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, this person says they enjoy my rants and wants to know just if I have anything random to rant about this week, which is, I guess, in essence, this entire podcast. And I guess I did just do a fairly long segment on gold diggers. Um, but I read this question when I was making something for dinner and I, I do have actually, I, uh, okay. Something that drives me crazy consistently are recipes that have so much text in the body and it takes like six full speed mega scrolls to even get to the ingredients. Uh, sometimes there's more copy even before the directions after the ingredients and like, I'm already strategically breaking the list up into screenshots because I can't put all the ingredients in one shot and it's larger than my screen. And like, yeah, I could print, but like, do you think I can print from my iPhone? No, I, I literally found my printer in a dumpster and then I bought a printer and then Amazon asked, it, they, it was missing parts and then Amazon asked me to return it and sent me a label to print. I, I, I can't make, I mean, truly, what, like, I, I, I'm not a magician. But can't we all agree that nobody is there, is looking at a recipe blog for the copy? It's, it's not a personal essay on a college application. Like, I don't need to know any of your uh, nuance or missing flair that you feel like the ingredients aren't telling us about you. Like these six paragraphs about how your hubby doesn't usually like Brussels sprouts, but you're always looking for ways to get, get, get your fam bam to eat leafy greens, like aren't going to win you a Pulitzer. And like, aside from drafting a memoir, I, I don't I don't know what the, these recipe blogs are doing because they, they write so much copy and I cannot understand why they think it's important that people on the Internet looking for like, like, what was it like a simple bolognese sauce know that your meemaw used to go to the market on foot for miles in the snow just to get the specific type of tomato, because by the time I've read about that tomato, when I get to the bottom, I'm told I should have began roasting those tomatoes like 40 minutes ago if I want to be making this from scratch. And I regret everything. I'm going to have to tell my husband that dinner tonight is once again what I like to call fridge surprise because I did not 
leave enough time to read the ridiculous amounts of copy on recipe blogs. It's probably so like we'll scroll below the fold and they can get like different, you know, types of ad revenue, which I respect the hustle, but uh, put it below the ingredients for the love of God. I'm at the store. I have one bar. I'm, 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 I'm in the dead center of the international aisle where cell service does not go and I cannot keep refreshing this browser page. It's funny. Like, I, I like the term rant. I don't because I don't want to be negative. But I try to talk about topics that, you know, hopefully won't personally offend too many people. If there's any food bloggers out there, God bless. Love your work. My rants are never personal. Half the time I get more into them than I actually am just because it's fun to keep going. <laughs> okay, back to Facebook. Mm, wouldn't be so I did a Patreon bonus up with Kelly. Someone said they liked. Thank you. That was so fun. Demi Lovato's heroin overdose. Well, now I know it's not heroin. I don't understand this entire thing. If like how TMZ can definitively report it was heroin and then them backtrack is a little weird to me. Like, who is their source and why would they come out saying that instead of just coming out the gate saying vague overdose? It was alleged that they were uh, a friend had Narcan on them and that they, they used it, but then they went back and said that. She called the um, she called 911 on herself because she like OD'd on pills without going too far. They didn't really say what the pills were. And then um, the medics uh, administered Narcan. But I'm pretty sure from my minimum baseless research is that that's primarily used for heroin overdoses. And what I was curious about is did her team quickly try to redact that because it could she can you face criminal charges if you publicly overdose on an illegal drug is heroin is uh, yeah i don't know enough about the drug world um why do people i i just can't imagine effing with heroin like does that ever turn out well i, I don't want to be judgmental toward people i know addiction is is very real but like god i the, the first I, I just i have such a hard time understanding why you would think that you're going to be the exception to making it out of that alive, making it out of that without, you know, destroying your whole life. I, I just wish, I don't know. It's very sad. Very sad. Demi's been open about her issues, struggles with addiction, which I kind of respect her for, because I think people like Selena Gomez hide it. And I think Selena Gomez has had a whole host of issues her whole life that she's chosen to hide. And Demi's at least tried to use it to, to help other people. Not that we're entitled to people's personal information, but I think that you know, your secrets can make you sick. And uh, at least Demi has been able to garner, I think, what would be more support from her fans. Because when people feel left out, that's when they're more, I think, likely to talk badly about you and to turn their backs on you. But I really think people want the best for her. And I do too. And I just don't know enough about this story. And it's very sad. And I'm glad she is alive and responsive and okay as far as we know. Okay, on Instagram, who is your celebrity crush slash hall pass? Have I not talked about this? John Krasinski, all the way, all day. He is, I looks and personality-wise, he is a dream scenario for me because a lot of people pick, like, you know, a Chris Hemsworth, like a super, like, jacked action hero, mega heartthrob type. But if this is my perfect situation, I'm not going to pick somebody who, like, walks into a room and everyone, it, it, you know, it's like a magnet. I, 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 my perfect life isn't living in fear of, you know, people just, I, my perfect scenario isn't being with somebody who's so much better looking than me that I'm self-conscious. 
And I'm not saying John Krasinski and I are on the same page, but he's the type of good looking that's a little more subtle. He's incredibly handsome. He looks so great dressed up, hair parted. He, he can look like really the guy next door in a, you know, Red Sox cap and gym shorts or like a really dapper movie star in a tux. But I'm not going to have to worry about, you know, him being stopped on the streets because you could bounce a quarter off his pecs. I, I mean, he gets jacked sometimes, like maybe for his movies. But in general, I think he's like a pretty normal looking guy. And I more so identify with him when he was on The Office than now, because now he's, you know, obviously with Emily Blunt. He's like a mega movie star and he has, you know, his vibe has changed a bit. But I don't know. I, I, I do not go for the super uh, beefcake types. Not my jam. And also there's something about like, since I'm not a gym rat, if that's what they call them, uh, there's something to me about, like, if you exercise, you know, because you want to be in shape for your health, for your mind, like, I totally support that. But jacked beyond measure, like, carved out. Ugh. It's something, it's just, it's not something that I'm particularly attracted to, because I don't really understand the motivation behind it. Uh, not to say you shouldn't be healthy. It's just, I don't know. It's not for me. Muscle, like muscles are not something I'm like really that attracted to for some reason. Oh man, there's no way I'm going to get through these. I'm looking through Instagram. Some of them, um, I are either just too long for me to go through or I've talked about before. Um, advice for non-city people moving to the city. Get rid of your car. You don't need it. It's like, can you imagine your life without, um, a car payment, car insurance, gas, etc.? Public transit exists for a reason. Decrease your carbon footprint. Decrease your expenses. And I think you'll really live in the city when you're forced to walk, take public transit. And, like, the, the added financial freedom allows you, like, even though you're inconvenienced and you can't carry a large amount of groceries or, like, large pieces of furniture or whatever, cities have incredible share, share economy apps where you don't have to do anything. You can hire people to move stuff. You can hire people to shop, grocery shop for you. You can use, you know, Amazon Prime now. You can take Ubers, Lyfts, whatever, like, anything you need to do, someone else can do for it and you can pay for it. And without the car payments and such, you have the financial freedom. And I think it's just um, a unique opportunity if you're not going to live in the city forever to, uh, I don't know, just do real city living, you know? And also, uh, don't be afraid to go out to eat alone. Go have a drink alone. I don't mean this in a, a non-safe way, not like too late or anything and not at bars where people are going, you know, just to black out. But Go, you know, go to wine bars, go to cute restaurants, go to cafes, work from different places, experience the city by yourself and be OK with the time it takes to make friends, because it does take time to develop genuine friendships. And I, I think there's something really um, liberating and allows for a lot of introspection when you're kind of going through a hard time and you're forced to spend a little bit more time alone, but can experience kind of like the art of the external world and absorb it in a different way you might ignore if you're with another person. Um, I did this book exercise called The Artist's Way once, and they encourage you to go on artist dates by yourself, and it's kind of to help get rid of writer's block and stuff. And that's and I did this in college, weirdly, and um, that's where I became obsessed with doing things alone because uh, it encourages you to take yourself out on dates and to be like really focused on how good the food is, how good the wine is, how amazing the artwork is, the interior design, whatever. And I just think it's... um. It, it it's can be a really uh, fun and important time in your life. And it's oh, it's not lonely if you don't let it be. And I think that a lot of, and granted, I'm more of an introvert and I'm fine being alone, but I do think it's a bit of a learned skill that, um, yeah, I, I figured out when I got to cities and I was like, I'm not waiting for someone to want to go to this restaurant with me. 
The best part is you can get a seat at the bar by yourself. There's always a seat for one, or usually it won't take long to get someone to get up. Then you can go places where reservations are hard. That's why I go to podcast tapings and like a lot of shows by myself because I don't care. I don't know anyone. And if it's first come, first serve seating, I can get there right when it starts and like get a front row seat because there's always like an awkward number of people in one seat here and there. So it's win-win, really. Love Island, have you watched? Best guilty pleasure. No, I haven't. I don't know where and how, and I am worried I'd get too into it. Apparently, it's the show. It's the number one show in the UK. Apparently, it's just sweeping the nation. And I think that's, you know, why they're scrambling to get people like Samantha Markle on Big Brother, because their ratings are astronomical. It's a show that has an episode every day. So think about Unreal, where Unreal is supposed to be like The Bachelor, but Unreal has that production camp on site, and it pretends like they are... um, filming and airing the show in real time. Apparently Love Island's like that. The people aren't famous, but they probably want to be famous. And there's just a bunch of mega hotties on an island. And it sounds like that old show Temptation Island, I guess. Um, But no, I haven't watched it, though. I did uh, watch a funny clip of a girl from the UK asking what Brexit was. And then um, the other girl gives like a pretty bad explanation, but at least she knew what it was. And she mentions like, they're going to cut out a lot of the things we trade. And then the other girl says, oh, no, they're going to cut down all trees. And she's like, no, what? And it's just like a, f- a really funny, airheady conversation. Okay, the next question was about Revolve. I think I kind of talked about that earlier. I'm still on Instagram. Miranda Lambert. I actually don't really have an opinion about her. I don't like her music. It's a little too twangy for me. Like, you've heard me talk about country music a lot. I like things that skew more pop. Um, I just, I don't know a lot about her music. And she's kind of um, a person that always seems a little grumpy, no? I don't know. She, she's, I guess, just never really caught my attention as a person, public figure, or a musician. So I don't have a lot to say. I'm sorry. I hate when I can't answer a question well. Okay, next one's from Facebook about the 90 Day Fiance uh tell all okay actually i i half watched it but i do have a lot to say and i'm going to save that for patreon because i think the people that are into that might be over there Uh, that would take me another five minutes and i'm already at 54 minutes um see if i have a quicker one uh how do you stay creative in your at-home business oh god this is really hard i have two well i have two tips i've said this before creativity isn't a constant state of being it is bursts of energy you get and waves you have to ride when you have moments where you're feeling creative when you're onto something ride them ride them out cancel your plans they are few and far between and the output at those times is immensely high and immensely high quality if you if you start to lose track of time you know you're doing something right Uh, secondly just start Uh, i will sit and dawdle and do so many different things throughout the house and get so mad at myself and and to be so annoyed that I wasted a day and wasn't like doing or creating or moving something forward, but I didn't actually sit down and start. Write one sentence on a piece of paper. Uh, write a bulleted brainstorm list. Get a bullet journal. Do whatever you need to do and just start and you'll find it's a lot harder to stop. Uh, next question was Rahoni, Real Houses of New York. Can't wait for the boat. I actually have kind of switched to Team Bethany. Carol, I think I might have mentioned before is reminding me of like the the girl that's like just too cool for me and that is is dismissing everything i say and is like i'm awesome and you're you're small and i what you have to say doesn't affect my life 
And it reminds me of this Kelly Ben Simone, like you're here, I'm up here. Like what you're not a chef, you're a cook. Uh, like what, what did she say that was so mean to her? I forget, but it was what made us all get on Teen Bethany in the first place. The best thing that ever happened to Bethany was Kelly Ben Simone being so condescending and, and cruel to her because it made us see her as more of an underdog and we've cheered her, you know, through the finish line. My question with Bethany is how can she maintain that element of vulnerability and that underdog quality despite having immense wealth? Because I think while she has seen financial success, she's not seen, uh, she did not see marital success. She's had trouble in her personal life. And it just goes to show that, you know, money really doesn't buy you happiness. And it just, if anything, it probably makes an already closed off person even more skeptical of anyone's intentions who comes into her life. And, um, yeah, my question is, like, how will Bethany be able to reposition herself in the favor of the public? Because it's a lot harder to get, get, get empathy when you have unlimited resources. It's a lot. We question your intentions, too, if it's all for show. Even she did an amazing thing in Puerto Rico and people are still like, Geez, could you talk about your philanthropy work anymore? Like, won't credit much? And, you know, it's like, you can't, you can't win. But I think I'm slowly getting more back on her side, and especially seeing her have a breakdown about custody. I truly cannot imagine. I truly cannot imagine being stalked by my ex that pretended to be normal. Uh, it sounds scary. It sounds traumatizing. It sounds incredibly difficult to, to explain to a child. And I think that Carol is being a little bit heartless, and even though Bethany's not a good fighter and I don't like how she approaches a lot of her communication, like, like, uh, just, she's always like, Oh, 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 da, da, quippy, quippy thing here. Quippy thing there. Like, what, what are you doing? What do you think? Like she, the way she responds is very, it's just not like a calm manner in which you can have a discussion. So I get somebody kind of just like shutting down and dismissing her as a response. But I also, I think that, she, I think that sometimes she is seeking some She's seeking human connection and like doesn't know how or isn't approaching it the right way. And it makes her feel more isolated. And then she's like, oh, this is what happens to me. Like, I'm always isolated. I'm always alone. Nobody can love me. I'm unlovable. And then she uses humor as a defense mechanism and further isolates herself from everybody and has surface level relationships that come through on the show. And when she's like sometimes coming and always leaving early and her and Sonia have this like fake friendship when she hated Sonia because of Tipsy Girl like last year. It's, it's just kind of, I don't know, like we, we want Jill Zarin level connection. Like we want her to actually have friendships that she's invested in. And that's why it's been hard to see this Carol thing unravel. But it's also like not as fun to watch as it was to watch Jill and Bethany unravel, you know? Oh, well, I don't know. Um, what else happened, Rahoni? Oh, Tinsley's like gifts and flowers. That was so annoying. That, that was the equivalent of somebody posting the flowers their husband gets them on Facebook. Like, what's the point? Thank him directly. You know, there was Luann's weird Sophia Regara moment that was, you know, her second bordering on cultural appropriation type episode this season, which is kind of odd. But, um, you know, I'm just a little bit bored, as awful as it sounds with her sobriety, even though I know it's what's best for her. It's just kind of hard. It's it's like with Sonia, too, when she stopped drinking. It's like I it, that is the right decision for you personally. But unfortunately, it's just really way more entertaining when you're falling in a bush. Uh, gosh, it was a long, it was a whole week ago at this point, so I don't remember. The next episode's on tonight, and I am looking forward to it. Oh, see, actually, I think I talked about this earlier. Someone asked about. Uh, it's so boring. I couldn't even finish this episode. 
I, the new people aren't interesting to me and I'm hoping I'll turn around. I don't understand why uh, the lady was wearing like a canary diamond fairy princess amulet brooch to eat like, you know, crab cakes on a dock on Balboa Island. It just seemed a little bit over the top. She does look like um, uh, Chessie from The Parent Trap. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'll probably like half watch the rest of the season until something good happens. I'm just worried OC seen its day. The, we, uh, I, uh, I, I can't. I can't. I'm just, I'm very, I'm just bored. I'm bored. Not even Kelly Dodd's uh, bold lips and, you know, deep Vs are going to cut it for me this season. And I don't want crazy for the sake of crazy, but, and I guess I am excited to see Shannon Bedore date and move on. She's by far my favorite character on the show. But, you know, without, like, the, the just stupid levels of crazy, like Megan King Edmonds being, like, 30 years everyone's junior and coming in and, you know, Shannon being like, how dare you question my philanthropy? I, I raise money for charities. Like, remember how crazy that was? I was like, why are you so mad? And, like, okay. No, never mind. I can't get into that. Uh, moving on. You sent me down the Freckled Fox rabbit hole. Would love to know your thoughts. Freckled Fox is a Mormon mommy blogger. I have no comments, nothing to say about Mormon, LDS, church, whatever. But there is a phenomenon about um, these Utah-based bloggers that often are part of the LDS community. And I don't know what it is, if, what it is if the, about that religion where there's just a higher concentration. But they're typecasted as Mormon bloggers, just given that there's a high volume of them, not because there's anything wrong with being Mormon. Um, but that said... Uh, a lot of them get married when they're very young, like 18, 19. A lot of them have like four or five kids by the time they're 25. Very young. So when they're returning to Saturn, it's very interesting to watch them go from a 21-year-old that wants to present their life a certain way, picture perfect, you know, uh, mommy, mommy and me matching clothes. My husband is perfect. He is my rock. I love him so much. To then, like, we slowly hear less about the husbands. Uh, you know, the kids grow up. People get divorced, people move away, people leave the religion. It's like we're watching their life unfold as they're going through their formative years, which if there's ever a time when you question, you know, your values as a woman, what you want out of your life, you question religion, you in general, you're just, it's, your 20s are a time where you are out in a real world setting and can test and learn and reject the conventional wisdoms you were brought up with. And it's interesting to bring us into your life publicly at a young age and to have us along for that ride. The Freckled Fox is such an interesting story because her first husband died of cancer, skin cancer, which was incredibly sad. And a bunch of online trolls questioned the validity of his cancer while it was happening, a la Megan King Edmonds, but were wrong. And he did pass away, which is terrible. But the weird part was within 90 days, she was remarried and she had four or five, I think five kids. And she was only 25 when her first husband passed away. For, and to, I, I mean, I, I, truly it is a feat among feats to be able to find someone to marry you that quickly and with five kids. That is a lot for somebody in their 20s to take on. And I think because of that, they, a lot of people were like, did they meet before? Were they dating before? Like were her and her husband in his later years still together? A lot of speculation that frankly, you know, it, it's not... We should not be doing for a woman who is mourning, but I think that when you um, come back that quickly and are like, surprise, I'm married, I'm better now, you know, people really thought it was a little bit weird. And then her um, new husband 
there like uh when was this it was a couple of years ago maybe it's it's the weirdest story google it because the police report and her version are very different and long story short her husband was cleaning his gun inside when the children were home and it like went through his elbow and into her knee and he like accidentally shot his wife i mean the rage i feel for somebody cleaning their gun irresponsibly at a kitchen table with children present knows no bounds oh my god like that that in itself to me is a, is a crime of carelessness it's not negligence it is straight up active carelessness and it's that's a safety issue beyond measure and she goes on her blog and she's like you guys don't understand the culture here or in the country did and i'm like the culture i'm not talking about you hunting i'm talking about the responsible use and storage of firearms in a home where children are present he shot he, your husband shot you by accident you're still defending him are you kidding me i would drop kick his ass absolutely insane Okay, next question. Sorry. <laughs> Your thoughts on how much longer the ex-batch or batch contestants will make it rich from Instagram ads? How do all of these companies afford to pay all these celebs and talk about the products? So influencer marketing is crazy, but I guess the important thing to remember is the alternative is much more expensive. TV ads are a fortune. Even digital video pre-rolls, the, 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 the mix of advertisers, digital and TV and mobile properties and outdoor and print and trade. Like there's so many advertising vehicles that advertisers have to find an optimal mix to be present on and to find the right mix of reach and frequency where you're reaching enough of your target, but hitting them at enough of a frequency where the awareness is heightened, it's memorable. They can attach it to the brand. They're getting your message and they're ultimately going to be led to conversion. It's this really complicated, expensive web of ad metrics that are really hard to tie back to a return on investment. Influencer marketing is interesting because it's, it's a cheaper, it's a cheaper way to reach a fixed number of people. And that can be more easily directly tied to revenue through affiliate links, through, you know, like to know it type things, whatever their their the conversion is more trackable directly from an influencer should they you know use their direct link i'm sure there's a lot of metrics that are really hard to understand like you know the the long term tail of the awareness and if it leads to conversion later if there's an element of wear out if there's some sort of brand equity being harmed by people hawking these products in an annoying fashion where we just know that they're in it to just be career influencers that's where it like all gets a little murky because if as a brand, like I wouldn't want to be like too closely tied with like the, the, the cheese ball, like those Ava bracelets that allegedly detect ovulation. They're on your wrist and I don't know how they work, but the fact that they're like tracking your cycle and I don't know, I just don't, I, I'm like, that seems too medical for me to be buying from Ashley Iconetti. I, or from Jade Roper. I don't I, like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, to me, it, it is, it does. It, it makes, I think there's an element of, of uh, devaluing a brand. However, I'm sure the sales they see must be obscene. Otherwise, would they keep doing it, you know? Um, so I guess my point was, I think that it, it's cheaper. It's easier. It's more easily tied to revenue. It's a little easier to experiment, especially with micro influencers, because maybe they charge like 500 to $2,000 a post, which is a lot of money for a person for like 10 minutes work. 
but not a lot of money for a major advertiser with a serious budget. And um, I do think that I, I don't necessarily think that influencer marketing is going anywhere, but I think it's going to change. And I think, and I was reading an article on CNN Money that actually the fat Jew did yesterday. Um, and he said that I don't, he's like, I think the value is just going to go down because everybody wants to be an influencer. And when there's a high volume of, you know, outlets people can start using with these people, their, their price is going to go down. So it's just going to be, a, you can really do it with anybody and you can take a volume strategy over a price strategy and just like, you know, pay a bunch of influencers a little bit of money instead of a few influencers, a lot of money. So he was just kind of like, get a job. This isn't going to last that long. And I can't say I disagree. But also, I think I, I just can't imagine there's we're not all just getting so sick of it. You know, I love legitimate, genuine recommendations. But then even sometimes those are hard to detect. I don't know, guys. But then like if I needed a mattress, I'd probably go to somebody for their code. You know, it's like need based. I don't I will never need a fat fit fat fit fun box. As I say, there is no such thing as a discount on a bunch of stuff you never wanted. But if I needed, you know, I don't know. Well, I still don't think I'd do diff eyewear. Okay, gotta move on. Remember when I said this is gonna be rapid fire? Oh my god. I'm gonna have to do half this on Patreon. Um, go through your list of celebrity encounters. I did uh two episodes ago. That was pretty pretty uh complete, though I missed one. I did see Olivia Munn last year outside my apartment going into a store. And it was weird because I was with um, a girl that used to work here named Marina. And we were talking, we were listening to this uh, Sarah Jessica Parker interview, I believe on Alec Baldwin's podcast, Here's the Thing. And she was talking about the element of celebrity. And we had this like really lengthy discussion about seeing celebrities on the street and what you would do and how they should act and da da da. And I literally walk out my apartment and I see Olivia Munn. And I thought she was with her assistant. <laughs> He was wearing like a pico. He was really well groomed. He just he had like on a skinny pant and like a really nice uh, butterscotch shoe. And uh, I legitimately, I think, texted my my dad and my sister, who are my like pop culture cohorts, and was like, "I just saw Olivia Munn. I think she's with her assistant." And then they were like, uh, "I think you're describing Aaron Rodgers." I'm like, "Probably. I don't know sports." Uh, so uh, I guess I should add him to the list. Also, this is back when they were together. Um, Britney Spears wants to be a cheerleading coach, soccer mom, make a list of celebrities and what careers they should have, could have had. Oh my gosh. I can't do that off the top of my head, but that's a really good question. I'll save for a later date. Um, very cavalry. Kristen and her friend show up to the housewarming party, feeling old and overdressed felt more. Yeah, no, that actually was funny. Um, I, because I, while I wouldn't have expected waiters at my housewarming party that I was going to, I would totally overdress and, for me, the older I get, the less I go out. So when I do go out, I want to experiment with like clothes or makeup or do something fun. And there has been one too many times when I'm wearing like a dark, you know, vampy plum lip and I end up at like a sports bar and I feel like a clown. Um, so that is that is a tricky thing to gauge. And given that he you know, owns a house and whatever, it could have been a classy affair. But it was indeed just a beer pong flip puff fest. So that was funny. I talked about very cavalier earlier, so I want to elaborate. Though all I'll say is, again, do not care about Shannon and Gurney. I'm obsessed with her teeth. She has really nice veneers, but they're almost so white that she looks like a cartoon character that only has one giant tooth that spreads your whole mouth. And her hair is beautiful. Um, and I was happy to see Reagan like stand up for herself and have some personality because she was playing the airhead card before, and it was kind of bothering me, and she looks exactly like Ariana Maddox from Vanderpump Rules. 
So let me know if you have any suggestions. Um, and Scooter Braun's puppet master moves that we may have overlooked over the years. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, uh, Scooter Braun's a genius. I mean, he like plucked Justin Bieber from the Internet and made him into a huge star. He like I've talked about, he manages Ariana Grande, Carly Kloss. He used to manage Kanye West. He got Kanye West fired him in April. Todd Call from Kinky Boots. Um, he manages a lot of very successful people and he's had a very successful career and it is weird that his three biggest acts all got engaged within a month's time. I'm not saying that, like, I don't know if that means anything. Um, there's just a lot of stuff about Carly and Josh's engagement. I just, that's weird. They say it was three weeks ago, but they announce it the day after the blind item comes out that she's not sharing a room with him on that, on Geffen's yacht. Um, and she's sharing a room with a, platonically with a girl, but that her boyfriend is you know with another guy which i've heard for years and here's the thing it's not like spreading a a crazy rumor the it's what it's grounded in is that um they travel everywhere it's josh carly and josh's best friend mike or mikey and he's like in the background of every picture he's taking the picture you can see his reflection in the window he's just always around he's always third wheeling it and I think people at a point were like, is Carly the third wheel or is that guy the third wheel? Um, they're, and, you know, like maybe they're just best friends. Fine. But again, this is the blind item and that I'm sure you guys saw. And it's just, yeah, it's an interesting uh, it's interesting timing. And it's interesting that uh, you'd always travel with both your best friend and your girlfriend. Because like I have best friends, but I don't really take them on romantic trips. And, um, you know, I'm just remembering this and I need to find proof of it. But. Back when Taylor Swift was doing like Tay America Fourth of July parties, one of the people there, the one of like the less famous people there, posted a video of them doing sparklers. It was like Taylor and Carly, a few other people, and then Josh next to Mikey. And I want to say like one's arm was around the other or something. It was like nothing. It wasn't. It wasn't like a damning video at all. Like, and uh, it was deleted within like a few hours. Why? Why would you have to delete that? Why did Taylor make you delete that? Um, and, but of course the people of Tumblr still had it and they were like, what? that's the problem with deleting stuff that doesn't eat, that doesn't even make you guilty and then makes people read way too much into nothing. And that's when, you know, that's when the uh, internet goes wild. The whole thing is, is so weird. So then, then Carly starts posting a story today of her telling all of her friends and family about her engagement as if it's in real time, but then the, they said they got engaged three weeks ago. Are you honestly telling me you wouldn't tell your mom when you got engaged or your sister, even though it wasn't public information? And I, I just, I don't know, guys. They call the paparazzi all the time on themselves. Like, why, do, why would a normal couple, when only one party is really super famous, he's a hedge fund manager, and, you know, obviously Jared Kushner's brother, Ivanka Trump's brother-in-law. Uh, but, like... You know how I like to look at the um, embedded metadata photos to see if they were, like, sold as paparazzi photos? And Carly and Jared, uh, Jared, Carly and Josh are, like, always seeming to have paparazzi shoots that, that are called in, where they're, like, doing nothing. And they're very strategically timed with any of her initiatives, any of her coding camps, any of her partnerships. She's photographed with no purse and no context and no phone, just like rolling in a way suitcase wearing an express dress down the street because she's an express ambassador and she has her own line of away suitcases. Like, if that doesn't prove she calls a paparazzi, I cannot help you. Like, she, she has an agenda. She is rising to fame. And I love what she's doing with coding. I support her wholeheartedly uh, for, for furthering the, the you know, mission of, of 
teaching computer sciences among young women. Like, I love that. And I love that she's doing that with her fame. But then it's like, uh, who funds the Code with Carly scholarships? It's the Flatiron School, which Josh's family is a major investor in. Everything she promotes, Josh's family or Thrive Capital, his company is a major investor in. So that's why I was always so convinced it was, it was very businessy. Because a supermodel who can charge 25 to 50 grand per post, posting about Orby Parker, about Lola Tampons, about Reformation Clothing, about Oscar Health, all these companies he's invests, he invests in, it's a good business deal. And, you know, that way no one, like, bothers her about her personal life. It's not unheard of. I'm not saying they're, it's a lie or they're not in love. I just guess I didn't see them getting married because I thought it was more just out of convenience because she just never talks about him. All she's ever said in, like, six years is that he's a solid dude. And they hold hands and look miserable when she holds, hand, holds hands with, like, Derek Blasberg or one of her model pals. She looks so happy. Their chemistry just always felt off, and I just was never really sure what the deal was. But, you know, I, who knows? I know nothing about her life as it is now. I just love the um, Tumblr, Kaler theories about reputation being all about Carly. Because so much of it lines up, and I think it's like an interesting theory of best friends turn brief lovers turn not friends anymore, which is kind of sad. But, hey, the fun is in the speculation and the analysis of the art. And Taylor Swift put out reputation knowing full well what it looked like and sounded like and how people would read into it. If you want to know more about that, it is on my Patreon bonus episodes page, which is linked in the show notes. Moving on. Um, Meghan Markle's crazy sister joining Celebrity Big Brother. I mean, she was on an interview with uh, Piers Piers, uh, Morgan and was basically like, everyone everywhere makes millions off the royals. Like, why can't I? And I was like, oh, God, it's the, that's the thing, guys. You can't rationalize irrational people. She doesn't understand. She has no loyalty. She is. She has no regard for Megan being family. They clearly were totally estranged, have no relationship. I think she's clearly uh, lifelong issues and jealousy of Megan being in the spotlight period and now being on the world stage. She will capitalize and we're going to have to get used to her, I guess. And Megan's going to be humiliated. And honestly, I wouldn't mess with QE, too. I'll, I'll just say that. I would not want to be on her bad side. I would tread lightly if I were her. Uh, elaboration on housewife ma- matrix. Maybe a couple of rank lists. Okay, I had two requests to, for ranking housewives. And guys, that is a tall order. Whew, that might have to be a Patreon episode. Um, I feel bad not answering because I, mean, I can't. I can't. It's too hard. It's too hard. It's so layered. I honestly need to do like a full lengthy, full separate episode analysis. And then people, if they, and I'll not just on Patreon on here. And if people like the housewives... They can listen. If not, no big deal. Um, how did you know that TMZ held the Tristan tapes for five months? Oh, because when it came out that he was uh, cheating on when Chloe is basically in labor, they then showed footage of him with girls in a club in October, which it, why if TMZ honestly was unbiased and not on anyone's payroll, why that, that would have been they, that would have gotten them tons of clicks and money in October. Why would they sit on that? I think Chris Jenner has an element of control. And then one Chris was like, screw him. He's just, he's being so lazy about this. Like I, you know, let's make him into a villain, which I kind of think is what happened though. He's back in their good graces. Now they released everything they had. Um, what are the members of S club seven up to these days? I mean, that's hard to say. I don't actually know. I hope Joe who's got the flow has gotten some hair extensions, just a small crown. She's really flat, fine hair. Um, Hannah 
well, I'm trying to get, I only can think of the members if I go through the song. Is it Tina's doing her thing? Wait, no. Tina's doing her dance. Paul's looking for a romance. No. T someone's doing their dance. Someone's looking for a romance. Paul's getting down on the floor. Hannah's screaming out for more. You want to see Bradley swing. You want to see Rachel do her thing. Then we've got Joe. She's got the flow. I'm missing people. I hope they're all, they're all indeed still doing those things. Uh, I, I, Hannah was screaming out for more then, and I hope she's found what she's looking for. Um, I felt I wasn't attached to all the characters. I don't think they all brought equal value, but they did tell us not to stop, to never give up, hold your head high and reach for the top. Let the world see what you have got. Bring it all back to you, which is really just a great sonic representation of the secret. So I assume they're up to great things. Um, does Tugboat have a girlfriend? Uh, you know, I think he has many. Uh, he is the most popular guy at his daycare, so I'm told. He uh, went to Starbucks with his friend Petunia the other day, who was a bit of an influencer. He has almost 10,000 followers. My dog only has 400, though I'd argue is cuter. No, not to look shame another person's dog. And no, it's not all about that. But, uh, you know, he's getting there. He's getting there. I'm hoping that uh, he'll start booking sponsors soon and I can just live off of that. F.U. Barkbox money. Um, a little more about your consulting business. Yeah, so basically for like a couple of weeks two different phases of a couple week time periods. I set up like office hours where people called and I talked to them about their businesses and it was like an hour long and um, kind of just went through like, what are your issues if starting? What are your issues growing? It was mostly for people kind of more in the e-commerce space, but in general, if you're like deeper in the process, but in general, like ideation and starting phases, like just to try to help people get unstuck because I started with nothing, with no money, no investment, no knowledge, and I just want people who are in my position to feel like they have an affordable way to get an outsider's opinion because real consulting is a freaking fortune. I'd rather just like charge a reasonable hourly rate and actually give people actionable advice instead of like give them weird frameworks and like stuff that they don't really understand. So from doing that, I had um, a few ongoing clients um, got to work on a bunch of really cool projects and it's kind of like snowballed from there and it's kind of a word of mouth thing. And I have to say, I think my specialty is mostly in um, naming and slogans and storytelling and like ideation and like your brand suite, your brand house. Like, who do you want to be? What story do you want to tell? What do you want it to look like? What's your aesthetic? And in creating that, I find people get so unstuck and they're able to just it becomes a real living, breathing brand. You, you name it, you buy the domain, you get all the handles, you get the aesthetic down, you get a logo, you get all that. Like I find people just like, they, they just move so much more quickly. And that's the part of it I really, really love. I can't help in more operational capacities, but I don't think that that's something I like as much. And I think there are people better qualified for it, though I can figure it out. Um, anyways, I'm going to open that back up. Uh, hopefully I was going to say sometime in July, we're toward, toward the end of July, but honestly, like that's my, pa like, I love that. I, all I, 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 I could be so happy every day, all day, just having like, you know, hour long conversations with people who have an idea and want to start a business and just want me to help them, tell them the next steps or help them just get a springboard or feel confident. And, and I'll be honest with you and I'll tell you what I've learned and what I know and what I don't know. And I'll try to point you in the right direction for what I don't. And I, and I sincerely really love it. And I'm just trying to solve for a problem that I, I could never find help because I didn't know anybody that owned a business. I'm too nervous to network because I would go to startup events and everyone would just be like, yeah, I'm valued at this and I'm pre-revenue and I'm doing that. And I'm like, okay, well, 
I have clients and I have a product and I don't know how to scale it and I don't want investors and I just like need actual practical small business advice. And that's what I was like not finding anywhere for less than, you know, a $3,000 retainer. Um, I'm, I'm skipping over things I already answered about housewives. Devi, uh, Demi, Kylie. Uh, okay. Oh, God, I'm at 120. I don't think I, okay, I'm going to have to finish the rest on page and I'm really sorry. Was this so boring? I don't know. If you liked it, I'll do whatever you like episodes every few months. I had fun doing it because it was kind of like it forced me to hop around, but it, I don't know if stream of consciousness is better. So, you know, let me know. Reach out. DM me. Um, I get a lot of spam DMs and uh, that filtered inbox. I have I have like a, and I'm not saying this to sound popular. I'm saying this because I honestly think most of them are spam and it's so hard to filter through that. I'm I'm down to only going through like the filtered inbox like once every couple weeks just because it takes a lot of time and it's a lot of people being like hey you know join my team do you want leggings and I'm like no I don't for the last time I don't want printed leggings so anyways if I swear to god I will read it and I'll respond and I'm again I'm not trying to sound popular I hate when people are like I got so many messages I'm Samantha <laughs> but uh I uh I, they honestly mean so much to me when they're like on topic and about the podcast. Like I would never purposefully shun you or ignore you if you're telling me, giving me feedback because I so appreciate it. And if you are a creepy dude or just like saying hi and have no like question or reason to reach out, like I'm not going to respond and I'll block you. I'm sorry. I, and I specifically mean dudes more than once, just seemingly reaching out with no reason. I'm like, why would you, what's the point of mar like DMing a married woman? without anything relevant to the content I'm talking about or my business or anything. Like I'll talk, I talk to men all the time who have a comment on what I'm saying or want to network or is something relevant, but it's pretty clear when it's not because then people, and this has happened to me several times, then they'll get aggressive and be like, you're ignoring me. You're like, what's up? Yes. I am actively seeing this message and you should get so much satisfaction out of me ignoring you. No, I'm ignoring you because you're a creep and you're weird. And I don't know you. Like, why, why would we chit-chat on here? I'm married, and saying hi was fine, but following up when somebody doesn't respond is weird. If you're a guy messaging a girl and somebody doesn't respond to you, they either haven't seen it or saw it and chose not to respond. And either way, you need to just live with it. And I'm not even a person that shows my face or body. I just think some people just reach out to girls randomly, and that just goes to show how deep the creepiness runs. And I, in that sense, I do feel for the bikini models. Can you even imagine the volume of inappropriate emojis they get sent on a daily basis? Truly horrifying. Again, if you're listening to this, I'm sure this doesn't apply to you because the people who message me from weird accounts definitely don't know what I do. Um, but I guess, yeah, just a tip to folks in general. Just like Nini said, close your legs to married men to her gal pal. Well, I guess it was Kim Zolciak, wasn't it? Anyway, let's just all close our DMs to married people. Like, what's the point? Unless they're... You know, again, you're interacting for a productive reason. Males and females can, should, and do have platonic in, uh, relationships and interactions. But there's just too many weirdos out there. And too many people with bad intentions. And they make me uncomfortable. And people screenshot DMs. And I know you want me to engage, but I'm not going to. You know. And unless your name is Noah, in which case I will engage. And uh, last night I got in an accidental inter internet feud at midnight. Because a random account commented on teach me how to tell you my dog's instagram asking if he wanted to join his team because he's seeing explosive growth you know i trolled him a little bit did not tag him i thought it was a bot 
there's a lot of robot comments. And uh, turns out he follows Tugboat. He follows me there in five. He very promptly Soliday screenshotted his message and responded with a good sense of humor. And then sent another really nice message. And, you know, it was a lesson for me. I always, always block out people's DM information. But I was so convinced this was a bot account. And he never specified what line of work he's in. He never specified why his team is exploding. He never specified why he chose the dog over me if he follows the Be There in Five universe. And frankly, I'm still offended. But, you know, Greg really wants me to reach back out and see if we can actually get a dog on this guy's vague team, which is really funny in theory. But I, I am his mother. I need to know what kind of industry we're talking. And, you know, if they're okay with the person on the other end of the phone not speaking or processing the English language. But, you know, who knows these days? He, his, what if his team is a network of elite dog influencers? And I've just turned down the opportunity of a lifetime. As I said, I, I am a stage mom. I am after that FU BarkBox money. I will, I will do whatever it takes. Now, if you're out there, reach back out if, if you are indeed in, in, the, in the canine influencer, the caninfluencer community. Anyway, oh, I'm going to put the, uh, I've cut out a bunch of questions. I'm nearing the end. I'm going to put them all on Patreon. Again, if you want to support Be There in 5 and help us to continue to go without sponsors, $1 a month gets you access to the entire backlog of bonus episodes. It's like uh, probably over 10 at this point. It's the Kaler deep dive, the My Secret Project, an interview with my sister. There's some good, fun, candid, unedited stuff in there, I think. And my mom did just subscribe, which makes me a little nervous, but... You know, I'm going to still I'm going to still be me and uh, hopefully hopefully she'll be OK with that. <laughs> I hope you have a great week um, and I'm going to leave you since this is whatever you like themed with my favorite other version of T.I.'s whatever you like. By a girl named Anya Marina. It is a cover I first heard in about 2010 when I was listening to a lot of Pandora and I was listen listening to the Iron and Wine Pandora station because I am a masochist when I'm not in a relationship. And I loved this song I had in the first Twilight called Flightless Bird, American Mouth. And this song would frequently come on that station. And I just got used to it and I've always loved it. And I think it's like a very, I don't know. It, it's like a, it's kind of like John Mayer's XO. It's just, it's a soothing, sexy alternative to an already great song. So I hope you enjoy. As always, let me know your thoughts and I'll let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. Patron on ice, we can pop bottles all night, baby. You can have whatever you like. Yeah, you can have whatever you like. Yeah, late night sex, so it's so tight. Guess up the jet for you tonight, baby. You can go with.